This is the Retirement Detective Podcast, where we dive into cases with Philip Mock, chartered financial analyst and certified financial planner professional, to solve common retirement and financial planning questions. Get insight into how to solve quandaries that appear on the path to and through retirement, ideas on how to approach savings and investing for retirement, and how to plan for retirement in a tax-efficient manner. Now, here's your host and lead retirement detective, Philip Mock. Hi, everyone. It's Philip Mock here with the Retirement Detective Podcast. In today's episode, we're looking at the case of the improper backdoor Roth IRA conversion. Backdoor Roth strategies are really popular. There's been lots written about them. And I'm going to look at one of the common pitfalls that I've seen from various folks over the years. And we're going to examine that in today's episode. Before we get started, I want to point out something important. Today's discussion is very tax heavy and your specific situation is unique. So anything I discuss today cannot be construed and should not be construed as tax advice for you specifically. I'll be speaking in generalities. And if you believe this applies to you, I suggest that you speak to your CPA or other tax professional so that they can evaluate these things based on your particular situation. In our first episode of this podcast, we looked at IRAs and all their different variants, Roth IRAs, SEP IRAs, etc. Today, we're going to look at two of them, the regular IRA and the Roth IRA, and how they work together to do something called a backdoor Roth strategy. When you do a backdoor Roth, and we'll talk about what that is, There are a couple of rules that you really have to be careful that you don't trip yourself up on. And that's going to be the other thing that we talk about quite a bit today. So as a refresher, an IRA has pre-tax money inside of it. It grows without tax on dividends, interest, and capital gains. And as long as you take it out in your retirement years, there's no penalty. And when you take it out, the entire amount that you take out is subject to income tax at whatever your ordinary marginal bracket rate is. Roth IRAs are sort of the opposite. You put after-tax money inside an IRA. You also don't pay tax on dividends, interest, and capital gains during the life of the Roth IRA. And as long as you take the money out in your retirement years, there's no tax on the amount you take out. So a few other unique rules to be aware of with Roth IRAs, such as the five-year waiting rule. We'll talk about those in another episode. The other key difference is that IRAs have required minimum distributions. Roth IRAs do not have required minimum distributions. There's a couple of things to be aware of with Roth IRAs, so and, and IRAs for that matter, and they involve income limits. With a Roth IRA, you're only allowed to contribute to a Roth IRA if your income is below a threshold and the threshold is called modified adjusted gross income. The easiest way to think of modified adjusted gross income is that it is your adjusted gross income, which is typically the number at the bottom of the first page of your tax return. And then you have to add back 
certain deductions. Modified adjusted growth, gross income is the income threshold for which they determine whether or not you're able to make a contribution to a Roth IRA. Not a conversion, but a contribution. A IRA has deductibility limits too, but not for contributions. So this is another key difference between Roth IRAs and regular IRAs. For the Roth IRA, you have income limits on the ability to contribute. However, with a regular IRA, you can contribute at any income level to an IRA as long as you have earned income. There are some spousal retirement plan rules that we won't go into, but in general, as long as you have earned income, you can contribute to an IRA. However, the income thresholds as it relates to a regular IRA are surrounding whether or not that contribution is deductible. So Roth IRA, income limits define whether or not you can contribute. Regular IRA, you can always contribute, but the income limits define whether or not that contribution is deductible. Many people may find themselves over the limit, but still want to put money in a Roth IRA. If that's you, then you have some rules to consider and we're gonna talk about how you can very easily make a misstep and end up with an improper Roth conversions when, when you're trying to do the, the backdoor Roth rule. So for those that are unable to contribute to a Roth IRA, one avenue to get money inside of a Roth IRA is to convert money from your IRA to your Roth IRA. If you do this, then you can have money in your Roth IRA and you are free of the contribution limit because you didn't put fresh cash into the Roth IRA. That would be a contribution. If you take money from a regular IRA and convert it, that is looked at differently. And there is no income limitation for converting IRA money to a Roth IRA. An IRA, a regular IRA, can have two different types of money inside of it. You can have pre-tax money inside an IRA. So this would be, for example, you had a 401k at work and you roll it over to your IRA. That's most likely pre-tax money. You can also have after-tax money in your IRA. Now this is different than Roth IRA money. You can have after-tax money in your regular IRA if you elected to make a contribution to your IRA in a year where you were above the deductibility limit. So even though you are above the limit to take the deduction for putting money into your IRA, you still elected to do so because there is no income limitation on contributing to an IRA. You say, well, why would anybody do that? Well, you still get the other benefits, even though you didn't get the initial deduction, you still have the benefit of you know, effectively tax-free growth for as long as that money's in the IRA until your retirement years. If you convert IRA money to a Roth IRA, it gets very tricky when you start to consider whether that money in your IRA is truly pre-tax money or if it's after-tax. If you convert pre-tax money, you generally owe tax on whatever that amount is. So if you had $10,000 in an IRA and you wanna convert that money to your Roth IRA and that $10,000 is all pre-tax, then you'd owe $10,000 of ordinary income tax on that conversion amount when you convert it from an IRA 
to a Roth IRA. If you had, let's say, $5,000 in your IRA, and that was the only money in your IRAs, and it's all after tax, you contributed $5,000 one random year in a year where you made enough money that you were above the deductibility threshold, but you made an IRA contribution anyway, you can convert that money to a Roth IRA generally without having to pay tax because it's after tax. Therefore, the backdoor Roth IRA is for people that are in a year where they're above the deductibility limit, but they still really wanna make that Roth IRA contribution. So you put your annual contribution into a, an IRA, and then you immediately convert it to a Roth IRA. That is, in general, the crux of the backdoor Roth strategy. In 2023, the IRA contribution limit is $6,500. And if you're over the age of 50, excuse me, if you're 50 or older, then it's $7,500. You get an additional $1,000 catch-up. If you wanted to and more or less do the backdoor Roth strategy. In, in general terms, it's taking $6,500 if you're under the age of 50, putting it into an IRA, and then immediately converting it to a Roth. Sounds simple enough, right? And theoretically, there'd be no tax, right? Because if you were above the limit for deductibility, then when you put the money into your IRA, it's after-tax money. You didn't uh, you were not able to take a deduction for that, and then you convert it to your Roth. Sounds simple enough, right? Well, there's a major hiccup, and and that's what brings us today's to today's case of the improper backdoor Roth. There is a rule that is incredibly important to understand if you're going to attempt a backdoor Roth strategy, and it's called the pro rata rule. So the pro rata rule. Uh, comes from another rule, which is called the aggregation rule, which says the IRS views all of your IRAs as one entity, one IRA. This comes into play a couple of different ways. For instance, when it's time for you to take required minimum distributions, if you have two IRAs, you don't necessarily have to take a required minimum distribution from each IRA. You could take the combined total amounts required distribution from one IRA and take no distribution from the other, as long as the required distribution in aggregate was the amount that you were supposed to take out. That's one example of the application of the aggregation rule. The other example is for here, for Roth conversions. When you're converting money from an IRA to a Roth IRA, the IRS looks at all of your IRA money the same, where it can get very tricky is if you have an IRA and you're planning to do the, the backdoor Roth strategy, if you have a IRA that has other money in it somewhere else or even in the same account, and maybe that's from an old 401k plan from a, from a previous job that you had. So let's say you have $100,000 in an IRA already and it's a rollover from a plan so it's all pre-tax money. The aggregation rule says that if you decide to add $6,500 to either that IRA or maybe a whole separate IRA, and then you do the backdoor Roth, you immediately convert the 6,500. The problem is that the IRS does not 
say, hey, we see over here that you um, contributed 6,500 to this IRA and then you elected to immediately convert it and that was not deductible, so there's no tax. Recall the aggregation rule says that the IRS looks at all of your IRAs as the same. So if you had $100,000 in one IRA over here, and then you have a whole separate IRA for your backdoor Roth conversion strategy with a zero balance, you put 6,500 in, then you convert 6,500 to your Roth IRA. You may look at it and say, this 6,500 in this IRA is after tax, I'm converting it, therefore there's no tax. However, the IRS does not see it that way, which brings us to the pro rata rule. The pro rata rule requires you to consider all of your IRAs when considering how much of your IRAs are deductible versus non-deductible and therefore how much of any conversion is taxable. So in our example, we have $100,000 in a pre-tax funded IRA. You then contribute $6,500 to that IRA, or me, uh, let's just say a, a different IRA, a separate one that you have for your Roth conversion strategy. You have 100,000 in a pre-tax IRA, you then contribute 6,500 to a different IRA for the purpose of the Roth conversion. In that instant, before you make the conversion, the IRS says, this person has an IRA balance of $106,500. When you convert, they don't say you took 6,500 from here and put it into this Roth IRA. The IRS says you had $106,500 of IRA money, even though they were in two different accounts, and you converted 6,500 of it. The pro rata rule says that you have to add up all of your after-tax IRA funds and compare that percentage to the total of all of your IRA funds. And then that's the percentage that's tax-free on the conversion. So in our example, you started with 100 in a pre-tax IRA, and then you added 6,500 in a different IRA, and that was an after-tax contribution. In that instant, you have 100,000 pre-tax, 6,500 after-tax, a total balance of 106,500. We do the math. 6,500 divided by 106,500 is 6.10%. Therefore, 6.10% of your $6,500 contribution is tax-free and the rest is taxable. So in our case, 6.10% of 6,500 is about $396.50. So you'd have $6,103.50 that was taxable and the remainder is tax-free, which would be quite a surprise because if you were thinking that your entire $6,500 IRA contribution for your backdoor Roth strategy would be able to be immediately converted to Roth and you wouldn't owe tax on the entire thing, um, you would be wrong. So you have to look at your entire IRA balance across all IRA accounts that you have to determine what percentage of your conversion is or is not taxable. So what do you do about it? Well, if this is you and you've done this 
you need to make sure that you've accounted for it correctly on your taxes. There would be um, a form you must include. Currently, it's form 8606 for non-deductible IRAs. You would need to make sure that form was filled out and complete and accurate. If you've made an error and you didn't report this in prior years, I encourage you to talk to your tax professional to get that resolved. Another option is to make sure you don't have any other IRA money. So if you have an IRA and you also still work at an employer, you may be able to roll that IRA money back into your 401k plan while you're still working, which would mean all your pre-tax money is in your 401k and you had no balances in an IRA. Then if you do the backdoor Roth strategy, then you wouldn't have this issue because then your entire IRA balance would be whatever the amount of the contribution was. But if you do have pre-tax IRA money and then you attempt to do the backdoor Roth strategy, you need to be aware of the pro rata rule and its implications on how that can give you a surprising tax bill if it's contemplated correctly. That's all for today's episode. Keep in mind, if you believe that this applies to you, again, I encourage you to speak to your tax professional. I enjoyed talking about backdoor Roth strategies with you, and I look forward to our next episode. This recording is strictly for informational, educational, and entertainment purposes only and should not be considered investment advice. Opinions expressed are as of the date of the recording. Such opinions are subject to change. The views and opinions of guests on this program are not necessarily those of the Retirement Detective Podcast. The Retirement Detective Podcast is not affiliated with any guest or his or her business affiliates unless otherwise stated. The Retirement Detective Podcast does not guarantee the accuracy or completeness of the data presented herein. The Retirement Detective Podcast shall not be responsible for any trading decisions, damages, or other losses resulting from or related to the information, data analysis, or opinions, or their use. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. All investments are subject to investment risk, including possible loss of principal. Individuals should seriously consider if an investment is suitable for them by referencing their own financial position, investment objectives, and risk profile before making any investment decisions. This podcast is not a solicitation to purchase or sell securities or a solicitation for advisory services. This podcast is not engaged in rendering legal, financial, accounting, or other professional services, and nothing in this podcast should be relied upon as rendering legal, financial, accounting, or other professional services. Philip Mock is not a law enforcement officer or detective, and any reference is for entertainment purposes only.